0: It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is The Wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave,
1: thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Steve and Dan, you got the chemistry. It's
0: cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today.
2: FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing SportsCenter tonight. Are you really? I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. I will. uh,
0: Hey, Dan. Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now here's your host, Chris Renwick. Oh, happy Saturday
3: to you. Uh, we we got all kinds of bleep hitting the fan over in uh, Europe. Uh, boy, uh, Nick, we talked about this last week about this this European Super League that was being formed amongst the biggest soccer clubs uh, scattered across Europe and I gotta be honest it well it could have been much longer after we got off the airways that that things took a sharp turn for the worst if you're uh if you were a member of the super league yeah very quickly
1: I think it was all done by Tuesday
3: yeah I mean it was look and if you missed it there there was this report coming out that many of these the largest soccer clubs in Europe you're talking about you know, Manchester United, Man City, Juventus in uh, in Italy, uh, Inter Milan, uh, Barcelona. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about these Premier Soccer clubs that said, "Screw it, we're just going to make our own league. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna create a boatload of money, and uh, and away we go." And and they were faced with harsh backlash immediately. Uh, and you've got J.P. Morgan Chase who were they were the ones that were going to bankroll the whole thing. And J.P. Morgan coming out saying we misjudged uh, the the backing of the Super League, and they basically they misjudged it because of fans and the fan outpouring in in direct opposition of this was so strong that now you've got your financial backer going, uh, we we can't even really fund this. Didn't you? And have,
1: it was it was wild. Didn't you have uh, fans like storming? A headquarters in England, and I mean there were protests yes, outside at, at,
3: at Manchester United. They had a, a group of fans. They weren't wasn't a ton of fans, but fans that that broke into the the club's practice facility, holding up flags and signs and look, nobody was happy about this. Especially, I, I think even the fans, the, the fan backlash was probably to be expected a little bit. But you had, I mean, players on these. On these clubs weren't excited about it. But then the 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 cherry on top of it all. Now look, this thing isn't completely dead yet. It's not in the ground. But you've got the president of Barcelona, Joan Laporta, who says the European Super League is a necessity. Yeah, for him. Yeah. It's a necessity for his pocket. Now Barcelona, one of the twelve founding members of this Super League and they are one of the few at this point that have not actually withdrawn their support from it. There are a number of clubs that have, including all six English clubs, as has Milan, Atletico Madrid uh, to, make, to bring that number to eight. So you've got some of the biggest now uh, teams that we're going to be at the, kind of the pillars of this thing that are backing out of it. Now... The head of Barcelona says it's absolutely a necessary it's, it's absolutely necessary that the clubs, given that we generate a lot of revenue, we want to have the capacity to have our say in the sharing process. And also, we believe it's important that this is accomplished by an attractive competition base on sporting merit. We are defenders of maintaining local leagues, and therefore we always have open dialogue with UEFA. That is the premise. everyone wants to make football better and have necessary resources to make it a great spectacle. I mean to me, the spectacle at this point has become the Super league. It's become what what these you know the, these the heads of these gigantic clubs this is the spectacle it's them, it's you. It's, a- it's just it's it's again, look and I don't want to spend a lot of time out of here, but it was an it was a huge story when it broke last weekend. and now, uh, on the heels of all of this, you know, just days after uh they are are teams are dropping like flies. fans are are in open rejoice because they know that this is on the way to dying. And especially if you're a smaller club, Nick, we talked about it last weekend. I mean those clubs are the ones that are going to be most hurt from this.
1: yeah, and I think I said it last week. It's amazing to me the amount of how this looks Americanized. And I, I mentioned that John Henry owns Liverpool. He also mm-hmm. owns the Boston Red Sox. The Glazers, who own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, own Manchester United. Stan right. Kroenke, who owns the Los Angeles Rams, owns Arsenal. So it's like this American way of pushing on to European soccer. Oh, let's just create the Super League and keep, keep all the money with these 12 or 15 teams.
3: Yeah, they're not they're not making nearly enough money in the NFL. No, <laughs> it's not enough money being printed in the uh, in the league. Now, look, I think it's it's an interesting topic, and we'll keep an eye on it for you. But I mean, it's just it's been one of those things that's been on on our radar uh, all week, and it's just it's become this. Uh, it's it kind of must-read uh, uh, stories here because it's it's absolutely wild and the fan outrage is is very very real. The other thing uh, that was interesting that kind of came across uh, my uh, my purview here was this story of the PGA. Now the PGA, of course, um, you've got some of the most recognizable athletes in the world, namely you know Tiger Woods. But now the PGA is, has has officially created a bonus pool for stars like Tiger Woods, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, certainly uh, you know uh, Dustin Johnsons of the world, uh, Justin Thomas, uh, Rory McIlroy, all those guys. Uh, basically, this particular you know whatever you want to call it pool of money is going to go to the ten top stars in the PGA, and they're going to split forty million. And, and the 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 criteria for to to be meeting on this list, uh, your FedEx Cup points your popularity on Google, your Nielsen brand exposure, your Q rating, your MVP index rating, and your Meltwater mentions, which is basically how frequently a player generates coverage across different media platforms. So now you've got the the top 10 players in the PGA. Certainly Tiger Woods is there. Bryson DeChambeau is there. um, uh, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Justin Rose, and Adam Scott, which was a, a surprising name on that list for me, but Brooks uh, Brooks Kepka, uh, Brooks Koepka, Phil Nicholson, Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlroy also on that list as well. It, it's a strange way to, I guess, incentivize your star players, basically, and you're going to get a cut from that if you're in the PGA. Now.
1: Yeah, I don't know how strange it is. I mean, a, a lot of these other athletes are getting guaranteed money whether they produce or they don't. You look at baseball, Miguel Cabrera can have a, 40 home run, 120 RBI season and then the next year hit 15 home runs and 55 RBIs and make the same amount of money. Uh, movie stars, same thing. They can go out and make a huge blockbuster, make a lot of money,
3: they can go out and make a dud and make the same amount of money. So, yeah, you're I'd not be- making a lot of money by winning tournaments, right? I mean, you're making a lot of money, but you're not making you're not making 10 million dollars a tournament. No, but the 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 number 1 player in this ranking will only get 8
1: million dollars at the end of the year. Right. So this is split up at the end of the year, at presumably the end of each PGA Tour year. Um, so I don't think it's strange. I think it's a good idea. If you got the money, and it also incentivizes players to build their brand. Do more sure. online, more on social media, more on uh, TV, radio, podcasts, that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, but if you're like the Cameron Smiths of the world, i got to imagine it's going to be pretty difficult for you to get in on that. Uh, next year, yeah, but... I mean, guys can fall out of these of this
1: top ten. I think pretty easily. I mean, do you think Adam Scott's going to be there every year? No,
3: no, that's a good point. I was, I was, he was the the most shocking name on that list, but uh, he is I mean, on that list. Justin it's Rose, an Justin concept. Thomas. Yeah, I mean, those guys aren't aren't really a surprise. I suppose Justin Rose. No, maybe but I also bit. also wouldn't be surprised if they weren't there. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. So. And, and it doesn't seem like the PGA is necessarily throwing out lots of money at these guys every week, right? Like you don't have contracts no. like you do in the NFL or Major League Baseball or, or the NBA. So it's it's an interesting concept. I guess it, it's a little it's a little new, so we'll just keep an eye on it. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how often those names turn, turn over. Anyway, uh, lots more to come here on Sports Wrap. Uh, we got the draft in just days, and we're going to talk about that coming up next
2: co-host on WJR's Sports Sports Rap. Give us a call. And tomorrow we'll be at uh, Grand Blanc Warwick Hills for the Pro-Am and the state of Michigan has gone absolutely bananas over Tiger Mania. Now back to more Sports Rap. 1,000 people today at 7 a.m. to watch Tiger Woods at a practice round.
0: Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. I haven't seen this many guys thrown out of anywhere since Dime Beer Night at the local tavern. Here's Chris. All right, welcome
3: back to Sports Right. Days away from the NFL draft. And uh, there's been obviously some movement. Obviously, the the 49ers trading up uh, at their current spot at number three obviously means they're going to take a quarterback. And it's after Trevor Lawrence, it, it really just depends on who these guys like at these positions, but certainly seen any combination of of Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and uh, Justin Fields somewhere uh, scattered amongst these top 10 teams picking. And um, I I came across this, uh, Nick, this, this mock draft here. Um, This was a CBS mock draft. Uh, And I think it's been pretty obvious that Trey Lance has been one of those guys where he's kind of the last on the list in terms of the quarterbacks are going to be available uh that have a high you know kind of a high ceiling but he's i think sort of looked at as a you know kind of more of a project san francisco in this mock draft is selecting trey lance at number three it's pretty surprised by that um but i i i think you're going to see a lot of surprises uh come the uh the first round when this thing opens up
1: yeah i'm not sure about trey lance there uh I, i've seen mac jones a lot three yeah um I don't, Trey Lance just seems like a guy who's got to sit out of here
3: because he hasn't played in so long. Absolutely. So it's going to be interesting. And, and I think uh, as we uh, inch closer here, it's important to, to, to shed some more light on as Lions fans, maybe what we're going to see. And uh, th- there's a guy in our building who has some of the most, uh, I don't know, what do we call them? Uh, just hot takes. ridiculous takes. Uh, yeah. Hot takes, I suppose. Uh, our good buddy Kenny Brown over at the Bench Album Show, I always got something brewing, uh, and so we pulled him in to do this. And I, Kenny, I, I uh, I'd love to know your take on on Trey Lance. What do you think of him coming out of North Dakota State? All right,
2: first I got to set a few rules before I get to your question. Oh, oh. Rule number one: First r- mock drafts are semi useless. Any of them, all six hundred of them that you've seen. Anybody who does a seven-round mock draft should be banned from ever watching an athletic event again because you just wasted your time for doing it and our time for reading it because one pick throws the whole thing off. It's stupid. I never
3: understood the the multi-round draft.
2: It's (laughs) it's the stupidest thing that you – and you know what? I feel dumb having looked at one. I'm like, well, let me see who the Lions took in each round. Okay, right, now I'm an idiot. That's what that's what you're saying to yourself after you finish. All right, now I'm an idiot because of the 300 or whatever players taken, if one goes out of order, then the whole thing's is uh, screwed.
3: Yeah, but it also and gives I, you a good idea By the way, coming of... up Monday, Monday at uh, 5.30, Kenny Brown releases his seven-mock <laughs> yeah, draft right. on WJR.com.
1: The
2: 223 seven-round mock. It seven gives
1: you a good mock. idea of, of what positions your team is looking for. I don't Go think... look
2: at a mock, a seven-round mock, after the draft, and you'll see that a third of the players aren't even on there – a third of the players are taking way different rounds than they oh, yeah. say. The first, I say, the first 15 players in a mock draft you really can narrow in on. After that, you're just you're, it's like playing Call of Duty all day, except for you're not getting paid. So we'll just leave it at that.
3: All right, look, we got a new regime down in Allen Park, and, and I, I I think there's a lot of buzz around them because I think that they know what they're doing, and so I, I think when you start looking at what this team is going to do at seven. I think it depends a lot on what's going to happen in front of him. And that that's not necessarily a, a, a new um, idea here in, in the first round. Everything is going to kind of fall the how it will. But Trevor Lawrence, I think, is the lock at number one. And, and then, then it kind of becomes a little skewed. I think, uh, you know, Zach Wilson is going to be a guy that's going to be near the top. Uh, Kenny, I, I'd love to know, do you think that the Lions are going to go quarterback here? Or you think that, I mean, would you take quarterback or the field here?
2: Okay, you've missed a lot. You jumped the steps, but I'm going to agree with you on quarterbacks. This is a quarterback league. We know that, right? You have to make the choice, are these quarterbacks franchise quarterbacks? Because if they're not, and I'm going to tell you right now, go back and look at – go back to old drafts. You're at a, what, 50 to 40 to 35% success rate of first-round quarterbacks. So, Mm -hmm. of these five great quarterbacks we've been told for the last three months, these are the greatest – oh, my goodness, they're all ready to start and wing. Three of them are probably going to fail. Two of them for sure are going to fail. Mm-hmm. You just want to be the one to get one of the two because it sets your franchise back. You know, if you get a quarterback, the EJ Emanuels or these quarterbacks, the you know, you can be, it sets you back. So when you get to that point, you got to weigh that risk. But I'm telling you right now, the Lions. Okay, well then
3: here, let me ask you this. Who are the stinkers then amongst the quarterbacks here?
2: That's the question. You don't know. I mean, I'm you, asking you the question. Who is it? Who I think is are the ones yes. that have, uh, better than average chance to fail, to me, Zach Wilson. Slightly built, hurt in college, started – he wasn't even a starter going into last year. He won the job, and now he is, you know, the second – no. He has the most bust factor on him. Because he's going to go to the Jets. And that too. (laughs) And that too. Number two, Trey Lance, who threw one game of passes last year and completed 50%. Very athletic. Played at a lower level. And if you want to do the eeny, meeny, mighty mo" thing, Carson Wentz succeeded doing playing at that level. So the next guy won't. So I'm—he has a—he has bus factor written over him. Does Just Justin Fields? Justin Fields will be solid. Will he be great? I don't know. And and I'm telling you right now, I'm not a doctor, but the epilepsi, epilepsi, epilepsy thing bothers me. To, not to a point of not taking him in the first round, but if he's taking, I'm like I said, I'm not a doctor, but it bothers me. And that, if two of my quarterbacks are the same, that may be a factor why I don't take him. It's it's a factor. So then Mac Jones. He could be Tom Brady or he could be oh. Mitch Trubisky. I mean, I, you don't know. He Look, he was playing with six first-round picks. So it, how good is he? He had a first-round running back, two first-round receivers, a lineman who would have been the first round if he wouldn't have got hurt. I mean, is it him? Is he good? I don't know.
3: All right. Well, then, okay. So, let, let me read you this mock, and, or at least up until the Lions pick.
2: All seven rounds. Get, we'll, we'll, uh, let's, let's start with get pick 256, and let's go back.
3: All right. Let's see. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, number one, to Jacksonville. New York takes Zach Wilson. Trey Lance to San Francisco at three. Uh, Justin Fields to Denver at four. So, Penny Denver Sewell. trades up with Atlanta. Yep. Penny Sewell goes to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, to protect Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. Kyle Pitts is your new tight end in Miami. Mm -hmm. And at number seven... So who's uh, on the board? uh, Let's see. Uh, You've got Jamar Chase. You've got Rashawn Slater. You've got Mac Jones. You've got Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith. Those are kind of the names in that area. And then, oh, uh, uh, Patrick Sertan is there as well. Right. At number seven, your Detroit Lions select.
2: Uh. First, they trade down. But if they have to select one of those guys, you better take Slater. You better take the tackle and then deal with everything else. I'm telling tell you right now, you're not in a position to take a receiver, even if those guys become great, because you'll just be what you've always been. you you got two picks the next two years in the first round. Take the linemen, solidify your line, run the ball this year, throw some passes, take a second-round receiver if you need one, and you'll come out way ahead of the game. Uh, Nicholas, do you have a guess here?
3: I would say I would I would take Slater, too. Yeah. Uh, CBS, he's got the Lions selecting Jamar Chase at number seven. And I'm and I'm actually in agreement with you guys. I think Slater would be the pick if Penny Sewell's gone. Um, Or I mean, I'm trading down. I mean, that that to me makes the most sense. Acquire as many lottery picks in, in these selections as you can and then build the team that way. I, I don't know that this team necessarily Needs or
2: wants a dynamic receiver? Calvin Johnson you know? rule. Calvin Johnson's the greatest receiver, Hall of Famer, played on the 16 team. Oh, greatest of all time? Is that what you just said? One of the greatest receivers of all time played on an 16 team, and after they drafted, the year after they drafted him. Interesting. All right, Kenny, uh, sit tight. We'll be back with you
3: in just a second. Sports Rap continues next.
2: WJR's Sports Wrap. Sports Wrap. Give us a call. And tomorrow we'll be at uh, Grand Blanc, Warwick Hills for the Pro-Am, and the state of Michigan has gone absolutely bananas over Tiger Mania. Now back to more Sports Wrap. 1,000 people today at 7 a.m. to watch Tiger Woods at a practice round.
0: Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. I haven't seen this many guys thrown out of anywhere since Dime Beer Night at the local tavern. Here's Chris. All right, welcome back to Sports. Right, Days away from the
3: NFL draft. And uh, there's been obviously some movement. Obviously, the, the 49ers trading up uh, at their current spot at number three obviously means they're going to take a quarterback. And it's after Trevor Lawrence, it, it really just depends on who these guys like at these positions, but certainly seen any combination of of Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and uh, Justin Fields somewhere uh, scattered amongst these top 10 teams picking. And um, I I came across this, uh, Nick, this, this mock draft here. Um, This was a CBS mock draft. Uh, And I think it's been pretty obvious that Trey Lance has been one of those guys where he's kind of the last on the list in terms of the quarterbacks are going to be available. Uh, that have a high, you know, kind of a high ceiling, but he's, I think sort of looked at as a, you know, kind of more of a project, San Francisco in this mock draft is selecting Trey Lance at number three. It's pretty surprised by that. Um, but I, I, I think you're going to see a lot of surprises, uh, come the, uh, the first round when this thing opens up.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure about Trey Lance there. Uh, I I've seen Mac Jones a lot. Three. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. Trey Lance just seems like a guy who's got to sit out of here because he hasn't played in so long. Absolutely.
3: So it's going to be interesting, and, and I think uh, as we uh, inch closer here, it's important to 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 shed some more light on as Lions fans, maybe what we're going to see. And uh, th- there's a guy in our building who has some of the most. Uh, I don't know. What do we call them? Uh, just hot takes. ridiculous takes. Uh, yeah, hot takes, I suppose. Uh, our good buddy Kenny Brown over at the Bench Album Show I always got something brewing, uh, and so we pulled him in to do this. And I, Kenny, I, I uh, I'd love to know your take on on Trey Lance. What do you think of him coming out of North Dakota State?
2: All right, first I got to set a few rules before I get to your question. Oh, oh. Rule number one: First r- mock drafts are semi-useless. Any of them, all six hundred of them that you've seen. Anybody who does a seven-round mock draft should be banned from ever watching an athletic event again because you that just I wasted your time for doing it and our time for reading it because one pick throws the whole thing off. It's stupid. Now, I never understood the the multi-round draft. It's, kind of, <laughs> it's the stupidest thing that you – and you know what? I feel dumb having looked at one. I'm like, well, let me see who the Lions took in each round. Okay, right, now I'm an idiot. That's what that's what you're saying to yourself after you finish. All right, now I'm an idiot because of the 300 or whatever players taken, if one goes out of order, then the whole thing's is uh, screwed.
3: Yeah, but it
1: also and gives I, you a good
2: idea By the way, coming of... up
3: Monday, Monday at uh, 5.30, Kenny Brown releases his seven-mock <laughs> yeah, draft right. yeah. on WJR.com.
1: The
2: 223 seven-round mock. It seven
1: gives you a good mock. idea of, of what positions your team is
2: looking for. I don't Go think... look at a mock, a seven-round mock, after the draft, and you'll see that a third of the players aren't even on there – a third of the players are taking way different rounds than they oh, yeah. say. The first, I say, the first fifteen players in a mock draft you really can narrow in on. After that, you're just you're, it's like playing Call of Duty all day, except for you're not getting paid. So we'll just leave it at that.
3: All right, look, we got a new regime down in Allen Park, and, and I, I I think there's a lot of buzz around them because I think that they know what they're doing, and so I, I think when you start looking at what this team is going to do at seven. I think it depends a lot on what's going to happen in front of him. And that that's not necessarily a, a, a new um, idea here in, in the first round. Everything is going to kind of fall the how it will. But Trevor Lawrence, I think, is the lock at number one. And then, then it kind of becomes a little skewed. I think, uh, you know, Zach Wilson is going to be a guy that's going to be near the top. Uh, Kenny, I, I'd love to know, do you think that the Lions are going to go quarterback here? Or you think that, I mean, would you take quarterback or the field
2: here? Okay, you, you've missed a lot. You jumped the steps, but I'm going to agree with you on quarterbacks. This is a quarterback league. We know that, right? You have to make the choice, are these quarterbacks franchise quarterbacks? Because if they're not, and I'm going to tell you right now, go back and look at – go back to old drafts. You're at a, what, 50 to 40 to 35% success rate of first-round quarterbacks. So, mm-hmm. of these five great quarterbacks we've been told for the last three months, these are the greatest – oh, my goodness, they're all ready to start and win – Three of them are probably gonna fail, two of them for sure are gonna fail. Mm-hmm. You just want to be the one to get one to two because it sets your franchise back. You know, if you get a quarterback, the EJ Emanuels or these quarterbacks, the you know you can you set you back. So when you get to that point, you got to weigh that risk. But I'm telling you right now, the Lions. Okay. Well,
3: then here, let me ask you this: Who are the stinkers then amongst the quarterbacks here?
2: That's the question. You don't know. I mean, I'm you, asking you the question: Who is? Who I think is are the ones yes. that have a. Uh, better than average chance to fail, to me, Zach Wilson. Slightly built, hurt in college, started – he wasn't even a starter going into last year. He won the job, and now he is, you know, the second – no. He has the most bust factor on him. Because he's going to go to the Jets. And that too. (laughs) And that too. Number two, Trey Lance, who threw one game of passes last year and completed 50%. Very athletic, played at a lower level. And if you want to do the eeny, meeny, mighty mo thing, Carson Wentz succeeded doing playing at that level. So the next guy won't. So I'm he has a he has bus factor written over him. Does Just Justin Fields? Justin Fields will be solid. Will he be great? I don't know. And and I'm telling you right now, I'm not a doctor, but the epilepsi, epilepsi, epilepsy thing bothers me. To, not to a point of not taking him in the first round, but if he's taking, I'm like I said, I'm not a doctor, but it bothers me. And that, if two of my quarterbacks are the same, that may be a factor why I don't take him. It's it's a factor. So then Mac Jones. He could be Tom Brady or he could be oh. Mitch Trubisky. I mean, I, you don't know. He Look, he was playing with six first-round picks. So it, how good is he? He had a first-round running back, two first-round receivers, a lineman who would have been the first round if he wouldn't have got hurt. I mean, is it him? Is he good? I don't know.
3: All right. Well, then, okay. So let, let me read you this mock, and or at least up until the Lions pick. All seven rounds. We'll start with pick two fifty
2: six, and let's go back.
3: All right. Let's see. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, number one, to Jacksonville. New York takes Zach Wilson. Trey Lance to San Francisco at three. Uh, Justin Fields to Denver at four. So Penny Denver Sewell. trades up with Atlanta. Yep. Penny Sewell goes to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, to protect Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts is your new tight end in Miami. Mm-hmm. And at number seven... So who's uh, on the just, board? Uh, let's see. Uh, you've got Jamar Chase. You've got Rashawn Slater. You've got Mac Jones. You've got Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith. Those are kind of the names in that area. And then, oh, uh, uh, Patrick Sertan is there as well. Right. At number seven, your Detroit Lions select.
2: Uh. First, they trade down. But if they have to select one of those guys, you better take Slater. You better take the tackle and then deal with everything else. I'm telling tell you right now, you're not in a position to take a receiver, even if those guys become great, because you'll just be what you've always been. you you got two picks the next two years in the first round. Take the linemen, solidify your line, run the ball this year, throw some passes, take a second-round receiver if you need one, and you'll come out way ahead of the game. Uh, Nicholas, do you have a
3: guess here?
1: I would say I would I would take Slater, too.
3: Yeah. Uh, CBS, he's got the Lions selecting Jamar Chase at number seven. And I'm and I'm actually in agreement with you guys. I think Slater would be the pick if Penny Sewell's gone. Um, Or I mean, I'm trading down. I mean, that that to me makes the most sense. Acquire as many lottery picks in, in these selections as you can and then build the team that way. I, I don't know that this team necessarily Needs or wants a dynamic receiver. Calvin Johnson
2: rule. Calvin Johnson is the greatest receiver, Hall of Famer, played on an 116 sixteen team. Oh, greatest of all time is that what you just said? One of the greatest receivers of all time played on an all sixteen team, and after they drafted the year after they drafted him.
3: Interesting. All right, Kenny, uh, sit tight. We'll be back with you in just a second. Sports Wrap continues next.
0: Back to more sports wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Redwick. My name is Chris Tillman. I was the 29th pick of the Detroit Lions on the second round in 1988. About four weeks before the draft, Ron Hughes, who was the pro director at that time and very involved with the draft, came through the Ohio State weight room. And he said to me, if you're there in the second round, we're going to take you. I never met with the Lions. That was the only contact I had with the Lions. And sure enough, I'm sitting at home frustrated I didn't go in the first round. But when the Lions had the 29th pick, I got the phone call saying, hey, Chris, we're taking you with the next pick. Congratulations, you're a Detroit Lion.
3: Wow. That's cr- I mean, look, that worked out pretty well for Chris Bielman, didn't it? <laughs> and the Lions. My go- Yeah, no doubt. Uh wow. Uh, that's an interesting story. We'll we'll play a couple of these coming up. Uh, uh kind of notable Lions players and their in their draft stories. I didn't know I didn't realize that Spielman never met with the organization.
1: Yeah. And how
3: about there were 27 picks in
1: the first round. Because we, we've added teams to the NFL Absolutely. since then. Sure. But he's a 29th pick and he's on a first rounder, right? Now it seems like, oh he had 29th pick, he's a first rounder. Yeah, you a first rounder.
3: That's wild. Uh, but look, I mean, drafts coming up uh, here in a couple of days. I, I, I always love the time leading up to the draft because there's, you know, as Lions fans, this is what we we kind of look forward to every year. Uh, because look, the team is generally hasn't been very good, so, so uh, the the intrigue around the draft has always piqued Lions fans' interest. And, and now, again, picking at number seven, right? We, we kind of talked about it last week where it's like, how often are you going to be able to pick in this spot? How often are you going to be in the top 10, top five? And maybe for the Lions, they'll be there again next year after having another a top five pick last year. Um, But there's a lot of intrigue around the draft. And, and uh, Nick, I know you've got some, some odds and ends from FanDuel about uh, some players where they're going to fall over under picks. Uh, where they go by position, Um, I got to imagine that it's probably not real smart money to bet on Trevor Lawrence going number one. It's going to happen.
1: Number three, it's uh, Mac Jones is the heavy favorite, minus 175. Mm -hmm. Then Justin Fields, plus 210. Trey Lance, plus 290. Then it's a big jump to Kyle Pitts, Zach Wilson, who they think will Mm -hmm. be gone and Penny Sewell. So it's really a three-man race between Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance at three. Number four, which currently is going to the Atlanta Falcons, would be Kyle Pitts at minus 125. Then it's a jump to Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and then a bigger jump to Mac Jones, who they think will already be gone, Sewell, Chase, and then there's a bunch of other guys filling out for number four. So Mac Jones and Kyle
3: Pitts, the favorites to be three and four in the draft. So uh, there is on FanDuel Uh you can bet on the number one overall pick. Uh oh, yeah. Lawrence there you is go. minus a
1: hundred thousand. Yeah. So So it takes a hundred thousand dollars to
3: win a hundred. Correct. So if you want to win a buck, you'll have to bet a thousand. Yeah. It's not ideal. I wouldn't I wouldn't if you need a quick that. buck though. Yeah, I guess that's true. If you need a quick buck. Um, the other interesting uh, thing here on Fanduel, the over/under on this, the Justin Fields draft position over/under three and a half. So it's basically, is he going three? Is he going three, or is he going past three? The the hook is you can't be drafted three and a half. I would take the over.
1: Oh, really? You can't be taken, drafted three and a half? I would take over. I mean. I think, I think they traded up for Mac Jones. I think they're going to take Mac Jones. The 49ers are so. I would take yeah, uh, the over that, three and a half.
3: That that's my that's my guess as So well. Devontae
1: Smith's over under is eleven and a half. Jalen Waddle is also eleven and a half.
3: Yeah, that's interesting. See the Jalen Waddle thing. I think I think more teams are going to be intrigued by the Jalen Waddle thing. Than they will be uh, by Devonta Smith. I think Devonta Smith's size is going to kill him. Mm.
1: I don't know. I mean, he's small, but if you can't catch up to him,
3: no, that's true. He but that's runs kind great of routes. The same mindset with Jalen Waddle too. So you know, I, I, I it, very interesting to see how this is going to go. Uh, I wanted to play another one of these uh, uh, cuts here on some notable Lions and their draft stories. Uh, One of them, of course, one of the best receivers in Lions history, Herman Moore, has an interesting story.
0: This is Herman Moore of the Detroit Lions. I remember my 1991 NFL draft experience being the number 10th overall pick. I was there with all my, my family and some close friends, and we were watching on television as my name was called, and it was a magical, surreal moment that changed my life forever. And I'm appreciative of the experience I shared with the Lions organization, and in particular Wayne Fonts, who came to visit me and let me know prior to the draft that they were going to make me the number 10th overall pick. But until it was done, I didn't know that was going to be a reality. But once it was, it was something, like I said before, that changed my life forever.
1: So we have Chris Spielman, who didn't talk to the Lions. Right. And Herman Moore, who was told by Wayne Fonts he'd be the pick. (laughs) It's crazy how much can change based on the year and the team and absolutely strategy
3: with a guy and where they're drafting. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, another guy who, uh, had a bit of a contentious time in Detroit, uh, Joey football, Joey Harrington. I'm Joey Harrington. Third pick of the 2002
0: NFL draft.
3: My draft day
0: memory is being at home at my grandparents' house with all my family and friends around And it was so loud that when the phone got handed to me, my agent said it was Bill Pullian who was with the Colts. And so I started talking, thinking it was Bill Pullian from the Colts.
3: And he said, well, you ready to go, sir? We're going to draft you. I said, with all due respect, it's not your pick. And he said, Joey, who do you think you're talking to? I said, Bill Pullian from the Colts? He said, no, this is Bill Tobin from the Lions, and we're about to pick you. And I looked over on the TV, and sure enough, there goes my name, and the camera was on, and (laughs) everything just happened. Oh, my goodness. That is terrific. Oh, Joey football was thought he was talking to somebody else. Oh, it just adds to the intrigue. What a what a guy. Joey Harrington, the pride of your Detroit Lions. Wow. Great story there. All right, well, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, Nick and I will have our picks on who the Lions are going to be taking at number seven tomorrow. So make sure you join us for Sports Rep. Then have yourself a wonderful Saturday.